0: World. Welcome to the Cliff Ravenscraft Show. Here's your host, Cliff Ravenscraft. Welcome back, my friend. I am so delighted to bring you another episode of the Cliff Ravenscraft Show. I'm going to share something with you <laughs> that I don't know that I should share with you, but let me just go ahead and share it anyway because I feel led and inspired to share it with you. And that is, I have a desire for the foreseeable future to be a little bit more consistent once again with my show. But I have a little bit of an internal conflict because I have come to a place in my life where I'm convinced that I no longer ever again want to create podcast content just for the sake of consistency. But the reality is, is that I also know that if I were more consistent with content, it's more likely that people will stay subscribed to the show. Whereas ever since I made the decision quite some time ago, about a year and a half ago, that I am no longer committed to a weekly podcast release schedule. Since then, there have been times when three, six, eight, nine weeks have gone by without a podcast episode. Now, one of the amazing things about that commitment, that I will only produce a piece of content if I genuinely feel inspired to create a piece of content. The, the true benefit of that is if you look at all recent episodes of this show for the last, I would say, year and a half, I'm extremely proud of every single one of those episodes. In fact, I, I'm convinced it's 10 out of 10 value and at least when it comes to the type of value that I feel called to put out into this world. And so here's what I've been thinking. I'd like to show up, I'd like to be more consistent because I know that that, you know, I look forward. There's a great dear friend of mine who I've listened to his content all the way back to 2005, never missed an any episode of at least two or three of his podcasts. And lately, that friend of mine has not been producing content on a weekly basis. Interestingly, though, I am still subscribed to all three of those podcasts. So I guess maybe I'm I'm sharing that. But uh, the thing is, though, is I, I really miss hearing from this friend of mine. And that's, that's that thing that, I don't know, maybe is it, is it best... Maybe it's better to be missed and, and have somebody to desire more than to. Hmm. Anyway, that's why I said I wasn't sure if I should share this with you because I still haven't figured out the answer yet. So, why have I now gone for three and a half minutes on something that I still am pondering in my mind? I'll just end it here by telling you that I have a desire to be more consistent, but I have a equal desire to never produce a piece of content that I don't genuinely feel inspired to create. So what I'm doing is I'm praying and, and I'm seeking a sincere level of more consistent inspiration of content to bring to you. I don't know how frequent that is, but it's my desire. It's what I'm working through. It's what I'm processing. And I thought I'd share it with you, even though I have, no, I have nothing to give you on what that might look like moving forward. All right. In today's episode, I have a question for you. Are you in control of your mind? Or is your mind controlling you? Let me put it another way. Are your thoughts controlling you or are you in control of your thoughts? I'll put it another way. Are you in control of your emotional state or your emotions? Or are your emotions in control of how you live your life? Well, today, if you desire to take a little bit more control over your mind, your thoughts, your emotions, and more importantly, all of those lead to the behaviors or actions that we take in our life, which of course, it's only actions that equal any results that we get in our life, if you'd like to actually take a little bit more control over what is possible for you to control as it relates to the results of any area of your life, that I encourage you to listen to this episode. I am going to tell you that I'm going to be sharing with you. Why should I even say that I'm going to tell you? Why don't I just tell you? (laughs) And I'm not going to edit that out. What you are about ready to hear is a conversation that I just had on Saturday, June 5th, 2021, with a gentleman on Clubhouse. Now, this was not intended to be a session where I do live coaching. I just fired up. It was a Saturday, and I'm like, I haven't been on Clubhouse for a while, and I've got the next 45 minutes available. I know what I'll do. I'm going to open up a Clubhouse room and say, Hey, let's chat. This room closes at 4 p.m. Eastern time. And so I opened it up, and I did have some general chat with two or three people. Then this gentleman comes into the room. Now, I know who this gentleman is. I've had conversations with him before. He's been following me on Clubhouse for quite some time, and I genuinely love this guy, I really do. Every single time I have a conversation with him, it's just so authentic and transparent and all this other stuff. Now, the only thing is, though, is I did not go into this room with the intention of having a coaching conversation with anybody. I just was connecting. But I do hit record when I go onto Clubhouse if I'm at my computer, Uh, and and you know I'm in a situation where it's convenient for me to record just in case something excited exciting happens, and something exciting did happen. So now the reason why I keep calling him this gentleman is because after the conversation we had was over, uh, we connected via direct message, and I said, listen. I want you to know that whenever I'm on Clubhouse, I tend to record the conversations I have there. I have two questions for you. Number one, would you like an audio recording of the conversation that you and I just had? And number two, would you be willing to allow me, would you give me permission to use a record, the recording of our conversation as a podcast episode of my show? And he wrote back and he says, Cliff, absolutely. Absolutely. The only thing I ask is, would you be willing to edit out my name? And so, per his request, I edited out his name every time it was said. And you may or may not hear some really harsh edits. I I tried to mask them as, as much as possible, but I used this guy's name a lot when I was talking with him, as I do many times with my uh with people that I talk to, especially in a coaching situation, I will use their name uh, consistently. But I went through, edited everything out, and I want to, I've got some notes about what you're about ready to hear. and I want to give you these notes before you live listen to this conversation because I want to answer any kind of objections that might pop up for you. Uh, first of all, uh, this gentleman comes in he sa- and he says, listen, I have a question about the law of attraction. Now, I want you to know that I am not a law of attraction expert. I'm not even one that goes out there and has really ever set out to promote this thing that people call the law of attraction. I used to absolutely hate, at least the way that I've heard it described and explained by many teachers out there in the law of attraction movement. However, in the past year, I've come to discover that while I may not always agree in the way that it's taught, I have come to an understanding that there is far more truth to what is labeled law of attraction, but I just don't know that the the label itself is a great label for me to attach myself to. It's kind of like saying, Cliff, are you a Christian? And, well, if Christian means somebody who uh, knows who Christ is as Jesus and respects Jesus' teaching and desires to be a follower of him and to live a life according to what Jesus said, yeah. But you know what? The label Christian oftentimes comes with a lot of other baggage, doesn't it? (laughs) <laughs> and so I don't know that that I I like to go around and do I have a Christian business I have a Christian ministry I have a Christian this I serve Christians and I you know I'm a Christian life go- I I don't wear that label and I also don't wear the label law of attraction in what the what I do and what I teach. Now, with that being said, uh, I have been a moderator in several rooms about the topic of Law of Attraction, and that's probably where this gentleman first found me. And I'm able to engage in that community just as, uh, even though the label itself isn't something that that I want to be attached to my own branding or anything like that, or my message to the world. Uh, it, it's, it's just something that he clearly, you know, because I was in a room and on a consistent basis co-moderated a room with the Law of Attraction title— he thought, "Hey, I know Cliffs on Clubhouse. I see him. I'm going to ask him a question about the law of attraction. So that's the first thing you're going to hear him say. I have a question about the law of attraction. Now, right? I, I, I don't, I don't, imme- I don't have any reaction. You'll notice I, I literally refuse to have any reaction to the phrase law of attraction there." Uh, in the conversation. Now, he then uh, goes, he says, my my question is related to this thing called toxic positivity. Have you heard of it? And you'll hear me say, no, I haven't. By the way, I, I meant to go look it up, but I didn't. I still today have, not. it's only been 24, it's been less than 24 hours since I've had the conversation, but I probably will look up toxic posi- positivity. And and I think I can understand it wild, uh, enough, and I want you to know that I am not saying through this conversation that one will always have positive thoughts all of the time. That is not what I'm saying. However, it's what am I going to do n- now that these thoughts have come through my mind? How am I going to handle the situation? The question is, do I want to attach to those thoughts? Matter of fact, let me read to you an email that I just put into my email newsletter. been writing a lot of new content for my email newsletter, and I think that I have it right here. So, yeah, let me read this to you. The title of the email is, where are your thoughts taking you? Nearly every result that you experience in your life is the direct outcome of the actions that you have taken. Have you ever asked yourself, why do I do the things that I do? The answer to this question is that all the actions that you take are determined by your thoughts, beliefs, and emotions. I'm not going to go into detail about beliefs and emotions today. However, I do want to share a few powerful insights about your thought life that can help you gain a little bit more control over the actions you take on a daily basis. The first insight comes from the first nine words of chapter one of the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Those nine words are, truly, thoughts are things, and powerful things at that. I used to believe that I am my thoughts or that my thoughts are who I am. Like, that, like that's, that I. That, anyway, you get the idea. Anyway, that belief, by the way, was disturbing because throughout my lifetime, I've had some extremely horrendous thoughts that have come throughout into, into my mind. And so if I am my thoughts and those thoughts are me, whoa, I must be an incredibly terrible person. And then my email shifts into something called trains of thought. Today, I think about thoughts as trains that enter and leave the train station of my mind. This insight came to me after I read the following quote from the book Supercoach by Michael Neal. Here's the quote. I'll begin now. I've always liked the expression, train of thought, because it so accurately describes the way each thought passes through our Uh, head—I'm sorry—because it so accurately describes the way each thought that passes through our head invites us to travel with it. One thought of a childhood friend can take us on a pleasant journey all the way down through our youth. Another thought about an argument with a loved one can carry us into a sudden occurrence of rage. Yet our thoughts are simply the principle of thought taking the form of internal conversations and mental movies that have no power to impact our life until we charge them by deciding that they're important and real. And if we empower the wrong thoughts, making our negative fantasies seem more realistic than our current reality, it's like boarding a train to a destination we have no desire to actually reach. Now, think about this for just a moment. I'm going to go back to the email. That's the end of the quote from Supercoach. But the thought of a childhood friend can take us on a pleasant journey all the way through our youth, and yet a a, a, a separate thought of an argument with a loved one—if we focus on it—we can go back and and we can actually take that that thought can take us to an occurrence of rage, a feeling, an emotional state of rage. Now I want you—I'm gonna—I'm gonna—that's setting the seed for what you're about ready to hear in my conversation with this gentleman that I'm about ready to share with you. And in the conversation, keep what I just read to you in mind about how a thought can take you to a journey. Because in the conversation, I invite my friend that I have this conversation with to go on a journey to when he was on the beach with some family members about eight years ago where there's a nice cool breeze and, and he, he hears the sounds. I mean, he's there, he's focused on it, and he's on that train of thought, and boom, he's feeling excited, happy. Matter of fact, on a scale of one to 10, he's feeling an eight or nine, and, and it's the needle is pushing into the nine territory. But just before I had him jump on that train of thought, he was feeling a five out of 10. Now, then, like right after that, I had him think about an excruciatingly painful experience and it's like a a physical pain. And I took him all the way down to, and I didn't ask him for it, but if I had to guess, I took him down to a one or a two on an emotional state. Like, oh, that's not pleasant. So just keep all of that in mind. Now I'm back to my email after reading the quote from Supercoach in the Trains of Thoughts. Here we go. Whenever an unexpected or undesirable situation comes up in my life, out of nowhere, I now make the conscious decision to become an observer of the thoughts, remember which are things, that come into the train station of my mind. That's right, I literally stop for a moment and imagine that train or I'm sorry, that my mind is a train station and that all of the thoughts that come in and out of my mind, they are trains of thoughts, a train with many cars, all right? In my mind, I find an empty bench inside of this train station, and I just sit on this bench and I observe all of the trains of thought that are entering and leaving the station. Now I put C photo below and I have this beautiful black and white photography of a guy on an empty bench and trains are entering and leaving the station. It's clear that he's just sitting there waiting for the right train that's gonna take him to the destination that he desires. And it's a royalty free image that I got off of, I think it's Pixabay or whatever. Now, below the image, my email continues. When I do this, I notice that when I look at one of those trains, I hear thoughts like, I'm so stupid. How could I have allowed this to happen again? Why can't I catch a break? This always happens to me. You know, no matter how much progress I seem to make, I always take one step forward and I get knocked back three steps. At that moment, I look at the train number and I reference it to the train schedule. The schedule shows that the destination stops of that train of thought are anxiety, fear, worry, doubt, self-condemnation, etc. I then decide this is not the train I'm looking for. I refuse to get aboard and travel with that train. If I sit peacefully on that bench inside of my mind long enough, that train of thought will eventually pull out of the station. I then begin looking around for a train that will get me to my desired destination. I see a new train has arrived. When I look at this new train, I hear thoughts like, this certainly isn't pleasant, but it's not the end of the world. There are ves- you know what? There are valuable lessons I can learn from this experience that will help me avoid experiencing this again in the future. Actually, as painful as this experience is, learning from these lessons or learning these lessons now will help me put in processes in place that will save me from exponentially greater pain in the future. This situation may add a few more miles to my journey. But what I've learned through this journey will be a valuable experience that I can share with others, making me even more valuable to those around me. At that moment, I look at the train number for this new train and I reference with the schedule, and the schedule shows that the destination stops of this train of thought are peace, certainty, confidence, growth, greater contributions to others, I then decide, yep, this is the train for me. Those are the thoughts that I will travel with. I attach myself to those thoughts, and I or I jump on board that train, and I will let that train of thought take me to a more powerful destination in my life. By the way, If you're not signed up for my weekly newsletter, head over to MindsetAnswerMan.com slash free. MindsetAnswerMan.com slash free. You'll get the free opening keynote address to my Free the Dream conference, which alone could powerfully transform your life. But anyway, that's how you get onto my email newsletter. Head over to MindsetAnswerMan.com slash free today. So anyway, thoughts, all of this stuff. So what happened is uh, this gentleman comes into Clubhouse and says, listen, do you know what it is? Do you know, have you heard about this toxic positivity? And he and basically he says, listen, they, what they say is like, listen, if you're having positive thoughts all the time, it can be toxic. You know, it just leads to depo- de- uh, disappointment and all sorts of other things. And you know what? There There are some limitations to only using the the strategy of positive thinking positive of thinking alone is never going to be a valuable tool to help you transform your life however positive thoughts are just think or positive thoughts are just things negative thoughts are just things and i will tell you what those thoughts which are things like trains if you hop on board are going to take you to a destination And a negative train of thought is going to take you to a negative emotional state. And a positive train of thought is going to take you to a positive emotional state. But just assuming positive things, uh, those things are alone not going to do it. There are other strategies, techniques that one must learn inside of this thing called personal growth, self-discovery, how to operate this system called your mind, your life, your your, your body. That is, your body in control of you, or are you in control of your body? Are you in control of your mind, or is your mind in control of you? Are your thoughts in control of you, or are you in control of your thoughts? These are all questions, and they are not just about thoughts so anyway you'll get in here and you'll hear the conversation how he sets it up and then you'll see where i take him now here are some additional important notes to set the stage for this conversation first of all I want to talk about the idea is your life going to go well all of the time because this never did come back up in the conversation. But I want you to understand I'm not saying that everything is going to be pleasant in life. I'm not going to I'm not saying that there aren't times where you're going to experience pain in your life. All I'm saying is you can choose whether or not to suffer ongoing consistently for the rest of your life as a result of painful losses or whatever situations now and also i'm not saying that it's it's an incredibly healthy thing if you were to lose a loved one say your parents or a, a partner in life or a child it is absolutely appropriate to go through all of the different levels of grief and and stuff like that and that's not what I'm saying I'm not just saying that um you know you get the news that that a loved one has just passed away in a tragic car accident and all of a sudden you say you know what let me just sit here in the train station of my mind and I'm just going to only have positive thoughts feelings and emotions right now that that, that there are that is not what's being said, and so I just want you to understand this. However, there are far too many situations that don't require grief, that don't require a, a season of, 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 of getting into the depths of that pain. There, there are some times where, where we just wallow in it for far longer than is necessary or even helpful, uh, for us to to continue to be able to experience life the way that we're meant to experience it, so I just want you to know I'm not saying that your life, my life does not go well all of the time. You were, if you were to ask me, uh, Cliff, hey, how are you, how are things going? I will tell you, I've never been better, and it gets better every single day. And and so people have been asking me that for years, and like Cliff, you're telling me that your life is always awesome. And I said, well, I I believe life is always awesome, but a part of life is pain, a part of life is loss, and you know what? When I experience pain, it hurts. When I experience life, or a loss, it hurts. When I experience a drastic drop in income unexpectedly, I feel that but i don't wallow with it and i certainly don't allow myself to attach myself i don't i don't hop on board of a negative train of thoughts that that actually associate the inappropriate meanings that take me to a destination that i'm not called to go to in life and that'll become a little bit more clear as you hear this conversation with this gentleman so yeah that That's pretty much what I wanted to share. Uh, And also, just for one, you know I'll 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 share one final note after the conversation. I've I've set up everything you need to hear uh, for what you're about ready to hear in this conversation right now. What's on your mind today?
1: Okay, that's awesome. So I just want to ask you about the law of attraction. Okay. So sometimes I feel that you know about the toxic positivity? No. Uh, okay. So like if you're being positive all the time, so it's like, it's like toxic sometime, maybe. And also it leads to the, um, disappointment or something like that. And also I feel sometimes because I am new in these things. So sometimes I feel that. The situation is really hard so how can i be positive how can i feel good you know like sometimes i feel no it's it's really it's hard you know so yeah how can i how can i do it i feel like i'm pushing a big stone you know so yeah
0: okay so real quickly here i've never heard of toxic positivity and i i'm a person who personally feels that I like to be faced with, I would remember when I was first faced with this question when I read the book The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. He asked this question in the book. He says, are you willing to feel good and have your life go well all of the time? And when I first heard that question, I'm like, that sounds ridiculous. Why would anyone ever ask such a stupid question? Because first and foremost, it's not even possible. I found myself having a lot of resistance to the fact that he just asked this question, are you willing to feel good and have your life go well all the time? And so I tried to move on to the next paragraph and to the next chapter, but for whatever reason, I found myself really stuck on this question, are you willing to feel good and have your life go well all the time? And then I realized as I went back and pondered this, the question isn't, is it possible? He's just saying, it, are you willing? So, basically, if it were possible for you to feel good and have your life go well all of the time, the question isn't, is it possible? Are you going to experience that? It's just saying, if it were possible, would you be willing? And I realized that my answer to that question was no. And that led me down an incredible path of self-discovery, What is it inside of me that is not willing to feel good all of the time? What's what is it inside of me that's not even willing, even if it were possible? And at the time I'm like, it's certainly not possible, but if it were possible, why is it that there what is it inside of me that wouldn't even want it if it were possible? Why is it that I choose to make it hard to feel good? And so I went through all of this stuff and I realized that a lot of this stuff just came from conditioned thoughts of other people. I just adopted a lot of things that other people said that life is hard and, and you know, if, if you'll forgive my French and if anybody's, li- I'll, I'll I'll just, I'll censor myself. Life's a B-I, you know, something C-H and then you die. You know, the the only things that are certain in life is that you're gonna pay taxes and die. You know, and I had a lot of really, hammered in deep-held beliefs that life is difficult, life is hard, life is suffering, and that's our lot in life, and that we should just, you know, whatever. And so, I I really came down to the fact that, is that really what life is all about? And now, I came from a very strong Christian faith tradition, and all of a sudden, I realized that, wait a second, the if if I actually do have any amount of respect for what the Bible says, and and if I desire to to live a life like what Jesus talked about, Jesus says, listen, do not worry about anything, okay? What else did he say? Be anxious about nothing. Do not fear. Then he says, any of you who are weary and heavy burdened, stressed out, overwhelmed, you know, all those things. He says, if you are ever experiencing those things, Come to me, and I will give you rest for your soul. I will give you peace, love, and joy every day of your life. That's the kingdom of God, and it's found within inside of you. And I'm like, wait a second. It seems to me that if I really take a serious look at what Jesus' message was, the quote-unquote good news is that you could experience peace, love, and joy on an ongoing basis, and a life without fear, anxiety, worry, self-doubt, condemnation, etc. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the life that I'm meant to live. This is the life that I'm supposed to live, a life where I feel good and my life goes well all of the time. Now, there's some distinction about this thing, having my life go well all of the time, Happy to jump into a little bit of that in just a moment, if it's necessary for this conversation. But I actually then said, you know what, let's just say it were possible, and Jesus seems to indicate that it is. So let me ask this question again. Am I willing to feel good and have my life go well all of the time? And the answer then was yes. That was the biggest breakthrough first that I had to make is that I had to actually figure out what was holding me back and then evaluate, am I first willing to do this? And by the way, am I willing for it to be easy? I had to go through all of the inner work to get to that place. So then I decided that, yes, this is true for me. I am willing to feel good and have my life go well all of the time. I then asked myself, okay, if this is possible, how? And it just so happens that I actually learned a couple techniques and a couple strategies about how to use my mind instead of my mind using me. I'll say that again. I learned a few techniques, tools, and strategies that put me In control of how I use my mind, rather than how I had been conditioned through life, how I had just hypnotically allowed my mind to control me. Do you have a pen and a piece of paper or some place to write down notes? Yes. All right, here's number one. I want you to write down physiology. You got it? Yes. The second one is focus. Okay. And the third one is language and meaning. So the third one is language slash meaning. Would you like a real quick breakdown of how you can control how you feel and thereby how you think? Would you like to hear how you can use your physiology, your focus, and your language slash meaning to change how you feel to be in 100% control easily? how you feel in any given moment of the day. Would you like to hear?
1: Yes, of course, yeah.
0: Okay, so first of all, have you ever experienced depression before in your life, or do you know anyone who's ever experienced depression before in their life?
1: Yes, I am, yeah, for a a very long time, yeah.
0: Okay, let me just ask you to describe. I'm going to give you some A-B answers, all right? I'm, Mm -hmm. let's just pretend that you and I are sitting in a restaurant. We're having a lunch conversation right here, right now. Can you imagine you and I in a restaurant having a conversation at a table together, just the two of us? Yes. Okay. Now I want you to imagine you and I are looking across the restaurant and sitting at the bar. There is a man sitting at the bar. Do you see him? Yes. Okay, great. Now, it's very clear to you and I right now that that man is absolutely depressed. You got it? Yeah. And it's clear to us that he's depressed. It's not anything that he said. We, he's so far away. The bar is at the other side of the restaurant, and there's so many people in the restaurant. We can't hear that man even if he were talking. But how do you and I know that he's depressed? Here's how. First of all, is he looking up at the ceiling or is he looking downward?
1: It's, uh, I think it's looking, um, maybe it's looking down.
0: Yep. Is he sitting up straight or he's is he kind of just slouching forward?
1: Yeah, the second one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's yeah.
0: All right, now let's just say we decide to real quickly go to the bathroom. And as we go to the bathroom, we pass right behind this guy and we hear, you know, the bartender says, Hey, how's it going? And this guy speaks back. Is he talking fast and upbeat or really slow and drawn out?
1: Slow, of course.
0: All right. As you're walking by to go to the restroom and you're, and you're just doing this in slow motion, you look at this guy and you can kind of just see how he's breathing. Is he breathing big, full, deep breaths or are they super shallow
1: breaths? I think uh, super shallow breaths.
0: Yeah. Now, here's the interesting thing. If you were to do all of those things with your body you will make yourself depressed. Hmm. That guy is not depressed. That's not his identity. He is doing depression with his physical body. Do you understand what I'm saying?
1: So you mean he put himself in this situation? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, yeah. there, by the way, there may have been an event that put him into that state of mind. So, let's just say there is a trigger that depressed him. For him to actually enter into depression, when we say some, an event has triggered us, that means that it has triggered a system of code within us. So, all of a sudden, what we're saying is, oh my gosh, this just happened, now I'm depressed. What that means is, this just happened, now I am going to breathe shallow, I'm going to lean and slatch forward, I'm going to start talking slowly, I'm going to look down, I'm going to hunch over, I'm, I'm just going, I'm going to, in my body, do all of the things that will allow me to feel depressed. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes, yes, yeah. Now, here's the interesting thing. Uh, Let me ask you this. How would you describe your emotional state right now? It doesn't sound to me like you're depressed at this very moment. But let me ask you this, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 means like I'm ready to take over the world, I'm the most confident person in the world, and 1 is I'm absolutely depressed and I feel like I am absolutely worthless. I would imagine you're somewhere in the middle, but where are you from a 1 to 10, where are you right now in your emotional state?
1: yeah it's like five yeah in the middle or five or six yeah all right Mm
0: -hmm. great sounds to i heard a horn where where are you at right now
1: i'm at home but yeah there's like some uh, noise yeah
0: okay you're at home are you by yourself yes excellent Mm -hmm. wonderful so here's what i want you to do are you standing up or sitting down
1: um sitting down all right stand up
0: Okay. All right. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take in. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna do it audibly, and I want you to do it with me. I want you to take in a deep breath when you hear me taking a deep breath. I want you to hold it until I say exhale, and I want you to blow it out really slow but forcefully. You ready? Here we go. Deep breath. <gasps> <Yes>. Exhale. <sighs> All right, get ready to go again. We're going to take a deep, slow, very deep breath. Hold. Exhale. We're going to do two more of those. Deep breath in. One more. Now, next thing I want you to do. Take your hands. If you're holding your phone, you can you can just do take one hand. I want you to take your arm and I want you to hold it outstretch it out straight in front of you, but then I want you to just kind of shake it loosely, like wave it up and down all around, just just like and wiggle the rest of your body. Like move your hips like you're doing a hula hoop if you know what a hula hoop is. I just want you to just be wild and yeah. crazy and make your just just loosen up your body that's all you're doing i'm just loosening up my body all right go ahead and stop now what i want you to do is i want you to stand up straight and tall the straightest you could possibly straight all right i want your i want your chin parallel to the ground for just a moment now, what I want you to do is, I want you to take your chest and I want you to kind of point your chest up towards the sky a little bit. Kind of like Superman does when he's posing as Superman and his cape is if you had a Superman cape, it wouldn't be touching your butt because you are actually kind of arched, your back is even arched back a little bit as your chest is pointed up towards the sky, kind of like, I am the master of my universe, all right? I want you to kind of point your shoulder blades back, and I want you to look up at the sky, and I want you to smile. Ready? Do it all. Taking a deep breath, hold it, let go. (sighs) On a scale of one to ten, how you feel right now?
1: Eight, maybe nine. There you
0: yeah. go. You can sit really down now. <laughs> yeah. I just took you from a five to a nine in under three minutes.
1: Yeah. So so if I change the body and everything, like if I reverse this uh, image of the person that was in this um, uh, the bar. So if I if I reverse everything. So I think I will feel better, right? Yes. Ah, okay.
0: Yeah. Mm. If you have a trigger and you find yourself going into depression and you for are feeling the state of a, of the the state of mind of depression, you will be breathing shallow, you will automatically your chest will be pointed toward the ground, you'll be sl- which is slouched forward. You will find yourself looking downward you'll find yourself talking slow and softer. But here's what I will tell you. You do that, become consciously aware of it and say, man, I really don't like feeling depressed right now. I would really, matter of fact, there is something really important I need to go do and I just can't do it if I'm in this depressed state. And it's really essential and important that I get out of this depressed state to go do this thing that I'm about, that I've committed to doing. I don't want to call it off. I'm sick and tired of living my life that way. You ever experienced that before? Yes. Exactly. So here's what you do. You get up, stand up straight, take in 5, 10, 20 extremely deep breaths, hold them, blow them out slowly. And then you take your whole body and wiggle it around and make it all loose and jiggly. All right. And then what you do is you stand up straight as you've ever stood up before. And then all of a sudden you, you've you got your imaginary Superman cape. You put your chest like point it up a little bit cuz you're you're sticking your chest out look up at the ceiling and just say i have what it takes to accomplish what i want to do today with firmness loudness and put a smile on your face and i promise you this you do those things even if you think it's absolutely ridiculous if you do them i promise you this it will be impossible for you to stay depressed
1: That was so powerful. Wow. I wrote down everything and I will do it. Yeah. Awesome. And that's I feel I am down or depressed, yeah, I will do it, of course, yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's just the first one. The second one is focus. So I want you to write Mm -hmm. down next to focus. I want you to write this down. Whatever you focus on is what you will feel.
1: Okay. When I
0: say think of something that makes you feel really happy, you got something? Yeah. What makes you really happy? Tell me.
1: To go to the sea, or yeah.
0: Okay, tell me about the last uh, time.
1: Or the beach.
0: Yeah. So tell me about the last time you went yeah. to the beach and saw the sea, or not. Maybe forget the last time. Tell me about your favorite time, the most exciting time you've ever had at the beach, the best moment, the happiest moment you've ever had the sea. Close your eyes. Look at it in your mind. You see it? Yes. I want you to tell me the details. How long ago was this?
1: Um, It was like eight years ago.
0: Eight years ago. Where is it? Where are you?
1: Uh, That was in New York.
0: It's in New York. Okay, great. And what's the temperature like?
1: Um, It was a very, very cool weather.
0: Is anybody with you? Yes. Okay, who's with you?
1: Uh, some members of my family.
0: Okay. So now I've gone through and you've closed your eyes and you've taken yourself back there and you are there, right? Just, it's like just like it was yesterday, even though it was eight years ago. Okay. Do you feel the feelings you felt then?
1: Yes, I feel. Yeah. Oh,
0: okay. It's be, the reason why is because that's what you're focused on. Now, check this out. I want you to tell me when you think about one of the most painful kind of like, like oh my gosh, this hurts. Ow. Uh, I want you to tell me, is there been a time where you've experienced a great amount of physical pain that, that you can talk about openly? Like a uh... broken, you fell and got hurt, broken bone, you fell and, and twisted your ankle or something, just something like that.
1: Yeah, it was in my, yeah, it was in my arm, yeah, my, uh, my arm has broken before, yeah.
0: Okay, now, here's what, uh, bear with me, close your okay. eyes. Mm-hmm. How long ago did you break your arm?
1: It's uh, four years ago.
0: Okay, so four years ago, what were you doing just before you broke your arm?
1: Um, I was depressed, I was angry. And yeah, it happened Happened after that.
0: And then something happened to your arm. What happened to your arm? Do you remember? Can you go into your mind's eye and focus on the very moment, whatever impact caused that arm to break? Can you see it in your mind? Focus intensely. Do you see it?
1: Yes, I see it. Yeah.
0: Do Mm -hmm. you feel the pain?
1: Yeah, I feel it.
0: Now, here's the interesting thing. Just a moment ago, you were at the sea with your family, Br- small breeze on your face, crisp air, and you felt great. And I took you to a great place of happiness by your focus alone. And then within a minute or two later, I took you to an experience of excruciating pain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't actually tell you to change your physical body. I didn't tell you to change how you were breathing, anything. I just changed what you were focused on.
1: Yeah, I got it.
0: So it is possible for you to create states of mind simply by staying focused on something. So whatever you focus on is what you will feel. Got it? Mm
1: -hmm. Yes, of course.
0: Okay. Now, the third part of this is language slash meaning. Language slash meaning simply means what kind of words do I describe with this. Um So, any given event, I'm going to just give you an example from my own life. So, for example, let's just say, I'll give you a perfect example. My very first year I ever did my Free the Dream conference. I had this vision that I would have 300 people who come to this event where the average ticket price was $1,000 per customer. That would be $300,000 in ticket sales. Now, to be able to pull that off, I knew that I'd have to create an incredibly powerful event and I would wanna do everything with my power to make sure that the production value was top of the line. So I invested $60,000 in that event. Now, the thing is, is I felt, man, I'm going to come away with an incredible amount of profit, potentially $240,000 in profit. Sounds pretty awesome, wouldn't you think? Yeah, sure. (laughs) Okay, so that was my intention. And I tell the entire world, I'm going to do this. I'm going to have 300 people at this event. You come watch. It's going to be awesome. And you should come because it's going to transform your life. I'm going to teach you how to break free from anything that's holding you back from living the life of your dreams. This is the Free the Dream Conference. Come on out. And so I go to work marketing this thing. I've never done a life event like this before in my life. I have no idea what I'm, you know, what I'm doing, but I've hired professionals to put the production value together. I've been at life transforming events. I know that I have an ability to communicate powerful messages, and I invited incredible speakers who have all spoken at other events. So I'm like, okay, this has to work, right? So I begin promoting it. Right out of the gate, after talking about it for many, many months, I finally opened up the, ta- the ticket sales and I'd sell. Uh, I had VIP tickets, and the tickets were going to be $1,000 for the standard ticket, $2,000 for the VIP. But I, I opened it up with a 50% discount. So basically, it's $500 per standard ticket and $1,000 for the VIP. And here's exactly what happened. I opened up the tickets for people to purchase, and within 48 hours, I sold 24 VIP tickets. Now we've got seven more months before the conference comes. By the way, I, I'm I'm being fuzzy with the actual timeframes because it's it's been a couple years now. But the message and the everything, the the actual story is intact. Does that make sense?
1: Yes. yes. Okay.
0: So, so I, within 48 hours, I sell, I sell no standard tickets. Everybody within the first 48 hours bought a VIP ticket, 24 tickets sold at thousand dollars a piece. How much money did I just generate in the first two days of ticket sales? $24,000. All of a sudden I'm feeling really good. Because I thought 300 people with an average ticket price of a thousand dollars, so far in the first two days of ticket sales, 24 people sign up instantly all of them paying $1,000 a piece. This is awesome. And I still got seven more months of ticket sales. This is a total no-brainer. Whoo! That's what I'm focused on, and that's the language that I use to describe it. What meaning am I giving this? Oh, my gosh. In the first two days, 24 people, and all of them bought VIP tickets? This is amazing. I feel what? How would you feel? Great, of course. Exactly. Amazing. Exactly. And that's exact. I felt unstoppable. And then what happened was, you know, over the next couple of days, over the next week, I had some more ticket sales come in. Most of them were still VIP, but there were a couple standard tickets that came in as well for $500. But anyway, after about the first 10 or 14 days, ticket sales went down to almost nothing. So now let's just say I've got about 35 people signed up for the conference. Now remember, I'm going, I've am going. i already committed. I'm paying $60,000 for this event no matter what. I've already agreed to all of the people that would put on the production of this thing that $60,000 I've committed. I'm paying that no matter how many people come to this thing, no matter how much money I've made in ticket sales. But after the first four to six weeks, ticket sales are next to nil. And I really only have about $30,000 in ticket sales. Now, what does this mean? Oh, by the way, and like nobody's buying a ticket and I'm marketing it like crazy. And then I go week after week after week, and it seems like I might make one, maybe two ticket sales per week each week after that. And you know what? Sure, some of them are paying like, you know, the price is slowly going up. And so, you know, I get a VIP ticket and, and a couple people pay, let's just say $1,300, you know, but there's a standard ticket here and there and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I get to where I'm at like $40,000 in ticket sales. And matter of fact, I, I ha- I'm going to get all the way to because uh, I actually have my PL for that event just so I can remember exactly what happened. So, when it was all said and done, we got about, uh, let's just say, we only have about a month before the event. And I'm nowhere near breaking even on this event. And not only that, but it doesn't even look like I'm going to make a profit. So here's the situation. When it all comes down to it, we actually have Free the Dream Conference 2018 and there are not 300 people there. There are 87 people at this event. And that wow. eight that 87 people includes myself and like 12 speakers and a couple of staff people that all got free tickets. Here's the total Ticket sales. Matter of fact, I'm looking at it right here. I've got the spreadsheet. I made $63,988 in ticket sales. Let's just say $64,000. Now, let's just fast forward to two or three weeks after the event. All of the invoices from all of the vendors are coming in. Guess what? There was some unexpected additional expenses that weren't included in the original budget, And the event ended up costing us $68,545. So here's the total profit on the event. I lost $4,556.46. I had to pay $4,556 out of my pocket to host an event that generated no income for me just imagine how do you think I felt emotional state at that event and the two or three months following that event. So here's the interesting thing. I was freaking excited. I The entire event, it was a dream come true. It was absolutely the most amazing experience I've ever had in my life which right up there with the day that I got married and the day that my children were born, Free the Dream, that entire weekend event was the highest high, right up there with the highest highs that I've ever had in my life. That's how excited and overjoyed I was at that event. And then the following weeks after that event, I would literally burst out in tears Not because I was upset, but just have you ever burst into tears because you were so overwhelmed with joy and you can't believe how awesome something is that you actually burst into tears of absolute ecstasy and joy? Has that ever happened to you? Yes. That's how I felt for weeks after this event. Why do you think I was able to do that? I'll tell you. It's because of the language and the meaning I gave to the data. So what was I focused on? I was certainly focused on the fact that 300 people didn't come. And when I focus on that for too long, then all of a sudden it's like, hmm, well, okay, here's the meaning that I'm going to give to the fact that 300 people didn't come. Well, what does this mean? I could have chosen. Well, this means that I'm an absolute failure at getting 300 people at an event. I told everybody I was going to do it, and now people are going to criticize me. People are going to lose respect for me. People, you know, I could have given it that meaning. I could have used that kind of language. If I would have used that language, I would have felt lousy. I would have had negative emotional states. Do you understand this? Yes. Mm -hmm. But instead, when I focused on the fact that I did not hit my goal, of 300 people, here's what I said. Here's what this means. Hey, I may not have hit my goal of 300 people, but you know what? I'm actually proud of myself for setting my first live conference event I'm proud of myself setting such a large goal of 300 people with an average ticket price of $1,000. You know what? I don't even know many people who have ever set out even you know, their 10th or 15th conference that they've done. Most of my friends who have done conferences, they sell tickets for $149 or $349 and maybe at the most $649. But here I have 87 people who signed up. By the way, four of them coming from all over the world, like different countries outside of the United States. Four of them are coming from Germany and France and Canada and Paris, just all over the world. And the average person paid well over a thousand dollars for the ticket. I may not have hit my goal of 300, but that's pretty fantastic. Do you see the language that I used inside of my mind?
1: Yes, I see it.
0: That's mm-hmm. the meaning that I gave to it. You know, and it's like, wait, wait a second. This is my first time ever marketing a conference. I had no idea how to market a conference. And you know what? I I was able to get people from four four different countries outside of the United States, people from all the different states in the United States, and they all came. And by the way, it was a massive success for every person that was there. By the way, Crystal Foth down here right below you, she was at Free the Dream. She will tell you, it was an absolute amazing event. And so that's how you have to ch- you have to choose what are you focused on and then whatever you focus on that's going to be what you feel but even more importantly whether you whatever you're focused on it's actually what meaning what what meaning you give to what you feel Or I'm sorry, what meaning you give to whatever it is that you're focused on. You can choose an empowering meaning or a disempowering meaning, meaning that you can use really terrible language to describe what you're focused on, or you can use powerful, empowering language. So, for example, let me just ask you this. Have you ever said or done something that right after you did it, you realize, oh my gosh, that was so stupid. I shouldn't have done that. Has that ever happened to you before?
1: Yeah, of course.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right. Now, the emotional state that you are in after you've done it and you're aware that you did it, you're going to feel whatever it is you focus on, but what you feel will be determined by the language or the meaning you gave to it. So, that in that moment, you could use language like this I am such an idiot. I always do this. You know, I, I've, you know, this is just who I am. I don't think I'm ever going to b- get beyond this kind of reaction. It's just, you know, it's, uh, I always screw this up. Why do I, d- man, why? Why do I always screw this up? Now, is that going to put me in a positive emotional state if I use that language? No. All right. Now, imagine the same experience and I'm still focused on it. What if I use this language? Ah, yikes. Wow. Wow that probably wasn't the best thing for me to do. You know what I did there? Now that I think about this looking back, that was a reaction. You know what? I instantly reacted without thinking first. That's not good. You know what? First of all, I'm going to make a point to apologize. I'm going to I'm going to make myself a note, I'm going to put it on my to-do list. Uh, and within the next 48 hours or within the next 24 hours, I'm going to schedule some time with that individual, and I'm going to sincerely apologize for my outburst, for that ridiculous thing. And you know what? I'm going to learn from this experience. I, what? L- let me just think here for a second. What was it that triggered me into an instant, automatic response without thought? oh, you know what, this seems to be a pattern for me. You know what, I'm going to learn from this. I'm going to journal about it. I'm going, you know what, I'm going to learn from this experience and I'm going to begin to do some things internally. I'm going to create some inner work. I'm going to try to grow from this and I'm going to try to avoid having this experience ever again moving forward. Matter of fact, this experience is going to be the, this is going to be the turning point for me so that the next time a similar situation, I will in the moment catch myself before I react and instead I will thoughtfully (laughs) respond in the future. Wow, I'm incredibly thankful that I came to this realization now finally. Now, do you think that that language and that meaning is going to get me into a, a better emotional state?
1: Yeah, yeah, sure.
0: So your original question was just, man, how can I get myself to feel a certain way? The answer to the question, now do you understand, is physiology-focused language and meaning?
1: Yes, I wrote down all of these three steps and also the examples and everything. And also I want to ask you, this is the last question here. So if someone has like something in his mind that he's gonna die if he uh, lost his um, um his uh, parents or his uh, wife or something like that so he can use the three steps of this to fix the problem
0: yeah absolutely so let's just say if if all of a sudden this person is distraught and upset and depressed because after 15 years his wife suddenly died of breast cancer and it's like oh my gosh I just can't see myself living and she went through so much pain and so much suffering and and blah 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 and, and all this stuff and and of course th- th- because they're focused on this event of this loss then what's going to happen is that and and, and if they're if their natural programming puts that into a depressive meaning then they're going to get into a depressed state, which means they're going to start breathing shallow. Uh, they're going to start talking slower and softer. They're going to start looking down. They're going to start slouching. They're they're going to do all of those things. They're going to they're bot to be able to be depressed. They actually have to do depression with their body. Does, does that does this make sense? Yes. All right.
1: Yes, of course.
0: Now mm-hmm. that person is going to remain depressed if they consistently focus on this loss. If they consistently focus on the fact that there's nothing good because this is the worst thing. Now, here's language that goes with this focus. This is the worst thing that could have ever happened to me. Just seems like anything good in my life that comes into my life, I lose it all. Life just isn't worth living if it's just this painful. That's all language. That's all uh, meaning associated to this focus. Now, that person could change their focus and say and they could start a daily practice of journaling and that daily practice of journaling is what do I have to be thankful for today question mark I am thankful for the memories and the experiences that I had with fit for fifteen years with my lovely wife I am thankful for the courage and the strength that she demonstrated during the final 18 months of her life. What a gift she was to me and others around her. I am incredibly thankful for the air that's in my lungs. I'm incredibly thankful for the warmth of the sun. I'm incredibly thankful for and it's like man, if you get down to it, there are there's an endless supply of things to focus on what to be thankful for. And if that person can begin to focus on those things, then all of a sudden they will start to feel gratitude versus depression. One cannot actually feel gratitude and depression at the same time. It is impossible to be depressed and filled with gratitude at the same time.
1: Yes, that was so powerful. All righty. Yeah, yeah. So, thank you so much for your helping and for all of this, really. I I couldn't imagine that I will go through all of this during this room. And I just want to point to the last thing that you said, a very important thing, uh, which is that everything comes from inside. So, even even in the Old Testament, when Moses asked God, what is your name? He said, I am that I am. Yes. So. I am. Okay. So everything comes from inside. So if we read the Bible in that way, we can discover many secrets. So, yeah.
0: I love that. Uh, It has been an honor and a joy to speak with you today. Thank you so much. Well, there you go. That was the conversation I had. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope that you come away. From this conversation that I had with this gentleman on Clubhouse, with a greater understanding of how you can be in control of your mind rather than your mind being in control of you. I hope you come away from this episode, this conversation, with a greater understanding of how you can be in control of your thoughts instead of your thoughts being in control of you. I hope you come away from this conversation understanding that you can be in greater control of your body rather than your body controlling you. I hope you can come away from this conversation knowing that you can be more in control of your emotional states, or your emotions, than your emotional state or your emotions dictating how you live your life. That's the purpose of me sharing this conversation. And you know, as I look at this at this point, I recognize that the introduction was almost 27 and a half minutes long. This episode is 41 minutes long. And as I think about this, you know what? I'd much rather let this be an episode that sits in the feed for, let's just say, oh, two or three weeks before the next episode. So you got plenty of time to listen to this one episode. So that goes back to what I talked about in the in the beginning. I'm leaning towards the the <laughs> the idea of I'm just going to put out content as I feel inspired. So anyway, one last thing here about the free the dream thing. I one thing that I want to make sure that everyone understands what I told this gentleman about Free the Dream as I stated it, and I listened very clearly to everything I said when I was going through and editing out his name in all of those different spots. I listened very clearly. Everything I said is absolutely perfectly accurate, but it's not the full story. And the full story just wasn't necessary for the conversation I had with this gentleman. Now, I know this gentleman, by the way, is going to be listening to this episode, and so here at the end of this episode is that thing I told you I'd share at the after the conversation. See, after Free the Dream, I did. I was elated. I was excited because of the positive meaning to the that and the language I used to describe the experience of Free the Dream 2018. It wasn't a bunch of baloney. It wasn't a bunch of made-up stuff. It it was all true. And I did feel awesome. Now, some of the fuller story behind that is that leading up to Free the Dream. I actually significantly saw a decrease in my monthly recurring income from coaching and mastermind groups because as people were leaving the mastermind group and completing their six month or one year coaching program with me uh, the, the, which on average was $1,000 a month. if you can imagine, let's just say seven different people while I was marketing free the dream fell off of my of my client role. That's that's about seven imagine7 thousand $7, dollars a month every month leading up to all of you know the free the dream. Uh, and so uh, I figured, well, I'm going to make up for that with the Profit on Free the Dream Conference. So I think in the conversation with the gentleman that I just shared with you, I shared that I had lost 4,500. Actually, that event, because while I was marketing Free the Dream, I did not market new coaching clients during that season of life. I did not market new mastermind members, because again, I thought I was gonna come away with a significant amount of profit from the event, and then I could fill those spots again. Well, I didn't. I lost money on that first event. And if you tag on all of the amount of monthly income that I lost, that first year I walked away with Free the Dream in a $38,000 hole. Now, I've shared that publicly many years, many years ago in this podcast, I'm pretty sure I've shared that very clearly in a program I have called the Train with Cliff audio program over at train the cliff trainwithcliff.com which is a weekly podcast that I produce every single week that's the behind the scenes of everything that's going on in my life and in fact trainwithcliff.com my behind the scenes podcast where you get all of the insights of what's going on in my mind as I go through my journey of personal and professional development that podcast started right after free the dream 2018 and i will tell you i did enter into a mindset of scarcity when it came into the financial certainty that i was experiencing at the time and it's not that i was experiencing a lot of pain or anxiety or fear it's just like oh my gosh um i I went into some old habits though i did go into some old habits I had no negative associations with the the feelings and the emotions of whether or not free the dream was a good event was it a worthwhile investment I mean I would have done free the dream over and over again uh, you know with the same results even even all of that it was so worth it and I learned so many valuable things but I do want to let you know there was a little bit more behind the scenes after the, in the months following free the dream where I had a mindset of scarcity only where it attained where it came to the financial side of things. And that's when I began the Train With Cliff audio program, which is like an audio journal of my business since then. I think there are like 251 episodes of that podcast now. And so anyway, in that program, I shared Week by week by week, this is what I'm. This is what has happened. This is the meaning that I associate. This is what I'm evaluating. Here are the lessons that I learned. Here are the steps that I'm taking. And I took te- I I took some pretty ridiculous, stupid uh, mistakes. And that's what I'm saying. When I say life, did my life go well all of the time through all of that experience? How I define my life going well all of the time? The answer is yes. My life continued to go well through all of that journey. Does that mean that I didn't experience any pain? No, I did. But I anticipate pain in my life, and I actually look forward to pain. I look forward to failure. I look forward to setbacks because, you know what, that makes the time when I actually feel excitement even more exciting. I look for times when I succeed. They they make me feel success even more inside of my body. And I, and I just realize it's a part of the journey. And every failure is nothing more than just temporary defeat. It's not ultimate failure unless I just give up on what it is I most want in life. So I just wanted to share all of those other things. There's so much more to this conversation And I'd love to potentially have some of these kind of conversations with you. I want to let you know here in June 2021, I currently have a handful of spots available in my Next Level Mastermind group, and I also have a handful of spots in my one-on-one coaching that I do. If you've been listening to me for any amount of time and you're like, you know what, I can hear Cliff having these powerful conversations And you know what? I hear them sharing their journey, what they're facing. They're asking their questions, and you're getting lots of value out of it. But have you ever imagined having one of these conversations with me one-on-one? Well, if you're interested in having such a conversation with me one-on-one, head over to MindsetAnswerMan.com. MindsetAnswerMan.com. Click the Work With Me page Click on one-on-one coaching and fill out the application. That's what I'd ask you to do. I look forward to the potential of having one of these kind of conversations with you at some point in the future. And until next time, when I feel inspired to bring you another episode, I encourage you to take everything you do to the next level.
1: Mindset and